Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Well, this morning, um, uh, as you're all already aware, we're going to share it down the line of faith and it, like Pastor Paul said, it's a foundational message I'm going to share, but it's a, a message that I've walked through and lived through. So in more recent times, in February this year, um, early February this year, my youngest, not my youngest, my uh, second eldest grandchild, Roman Claude, at four years old, was diagnosed with an 8.5 centimetre cancerous tumour on his liver. And so this message I'm going to share with you is actually a scripture and a message that uh, I have held on to tightly and trusted God for Romans' complete healing. We've got a couple of pictures up here. First of all, just for my whole family. This is all my beautiful, my handsome husband and my children and grandchildren. I have six grandsons and one granddaughter. And watch this space, there's more to come. Well, they tell me no more, but, you know, I don't believe them. <laughs> anyway, and this is our little Roman. This was the beginning of his journey where he got his line put in for his treatment. Roman had to have six rounds of chemo, and uh, he had to have an operation to have it removed. And uh, he's gone through that. And uh, here we see a picture of him shortly where he was after the surgery where they removed 68% of his liver to remove it all. He's four years old, so he's a little, little body, and it was a huge, the operation, the, the scar like takes over his, just about his whole stomach there. But, um, and this was the doctor they flew in from Sydney to do the surgery to Perth. They needed a specialist to actually do it. Uh, Roman is on the other side now. He is healed. He's been, the port was removed Friday as we arrived. How good is that? And um, yeah. Uh, but this message is actually what I shared when we were going through it, not just on the other side, when we were going through it. And uh, I want to say this, that um, the doctors and nurses are even amazed. We have seen the miracle in the process. We have spoken about it. We have declared that there is a miracle in the process. And we have literally seen it. Even the doctors are shaking their heads. We actually shaved his head because we were told that by the second round of chemo, he would have lost his hair. He didn't lose any hair on his head. <laughs> um, we were told that uh, the, the, the chemo that he was on, that he would have a hearing impairment and that he would have to wear a hearing aid. Uh, his hearing is all good. Uh, we were told that he could have kidney damage and during the chemo he could get pneumonia and all these things. He never got anything. Praise God. Amen. And he is on the other side. But as I shared with you, this is a message that God spoke to me prior to actually hearing the news. And now I know why he shared it to me in January as I studied this passage of scripture and I realized that, hey, this is a message. This is the word from God. This is the promise of God for Romans, complete healing for his miracle. And we were always hashtagging, we are going to the other side. We're always hashtagging the miracles in the process. We're always trusting God that he was gonna come through this and we can declare today that he has. Amen. 
So we're going to go to Mark chapter 4. That's the scripture that I was talking about. You know, just, you know, a bit of a backdrop. I haven't got time to go through too much. But, you know, I'm standing here today a healed woman because 19 years ago, my eldest son, Christian uh, Anton, that's where the Christian Anton ministries come from, Christian uh, was instantly killed in a car accident along with uh, two others of his friends and left another young man fighting for his life. Uh, he was a young man that served God, loved God, lived for God. And uh, so, you know, I know what it's like to go through loss. I know what it's like to go through tra tra tragedy. Um, but I am heal healed today. And I know that God has healed me. Because, you know, faith is either you go through it or you he enables you to rise above it and see the bigger picture. And I know Christian is in heaven. He's one of those cloud of witnesses cheering us on. And if anything, it's given me a t more of a determination to reach out to rescue and teach to transform lives because all we can take with us from this earth is people to heaven, amen? So I have eternity in mind. You know, Bible says, don't just think about things here on earth, but be heaven bound. So I'm a woman that's heaven bound, but I also believe God wants to live us, live wants us to live this victorious life here on earth as well. Amen? We're not just to, just to scrape it through to heaven. We're to overcome and walk through things victoriously. Amen? So I'm not one of these that's, you know, so high in the air with this spiritual mind that I'm not realizing that we've got to walk this walk and talk this talk. Amen? Praise God. So Mark chapter 4, it starts off with how Jesus taught and preached all day to the crowds about in parables about the kingdom of God. And this morning, I'm going to do my very best to teach and preach. Um, so I'm going to go line upon line, if that's okay. And so that means I need to stick with my notes here. Otherwise, I go on diversions. And because I'm going through menopause, you know, the internal warming happens and my head goes in the cloud somewhere. You all wanted to know that, men, right? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I'm in my local church again, you know. <laughs> so a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And see, Jesus was teaching to the crowds, the multitudes in, in parables. And we're going to pick it up in verse 33 here. Jesus takes the disciples aside and then now gives them a private word. And he says this, with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he then explained all things to his disciples. Jesus was telling his disciples here, these earthly stories will give you spiritual truth to apply within your life. And then he explained to him what the parable actually meant. And in, in other words, you know, like any good teacher, he wanted to make sure that, they that, you know, that his disciples understood what he was teaching and that they would believe him, take him as his word. Because, you know, for you and I, you know, we can come to church week after week. We can hear the word. But we're not just to, to hear the word, we're to be doers of the word. We can come to church Sunday after Sunday, we can read our Bible, we can pray, we can do our devotions, we can be the best ones to cheer us on when, you know, someone, when a man of God's preaching or a woman of God's preaching, yes, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I hope you do all that, right? <laughs> I mean, it's good for the preacher, all right? Although I don't need it. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it, you know, we can do all that, but unless we really take God's word take Jesus at his word, then what's the point? We've got to be not just hearers, but doers of God's word. Amen? So Jesus was saying, do you really understand and believe what I am telling you? See, faith is acting like God is telling the truth. 
Faith is measured by walk and not by talk. Faith is measured by life, by our life, not by our lip service. And so we're going to pick it up again here in verse 35, and this is really the main text this morning as we're going to unpack it from 35 to 41. And we're going to read from the New King James Version here. It says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they left the multitude, they took along in the boat as he was. They took him along in the boat. And the other little boats were also with him. Notice that the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling up. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Between these verses here, 35 to 41, Jesus gives us a pattern here of how to help us overcome and walk through life circumstances, the storms of life, or maybe you're going through a, a major life tran transition. That too can sometimes uh, you know, cause us to be a little bit shaken. The first thing we see here, we're very clear to us, the first thing we must do is follow Jesus. That's really plain, isn't it? Follow Jesus. It's not a time for you and I to go AWOL. It's a time for you and I to follow him and trust him and run to him. Amen? Verse 35 said, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side. And as they finished listening to the preaching and teaching, they all got into the boat. There was not one left. They all got into the boat. The disciples did exactly what they were told to do. They were in God's perfect will. They were all in the boat. Gee, Jesus was already letting them know that we are all crossing over to the other side. Not just him and the rest were going to die, that they were all going to make it. The other side represents our God-given destination, the plans and the purposes of God for our own lives. See, to follow Jesus, we need to know who Jesus actually is, where he wants to take you and follow him when he says, let us cross to the other side. In other words, I need to follow you and listen to you and do what your word says, Lord. He is the only one that knows where you are going and where he wants to take you. The two things disciples had to do and we must also do if we want Jesus to steer the ship of our own life. And the first thing that we see in verse 36 says that the disciples left the multitudes to follow Jesus. They left the crowds, they left the multitude of crowds because they wanted to be part of something bigger and more powerful than what the multitudes had to offer. The multitude mentality is one of mediocrity and negativity. It's easy to follow the negative crowd, isn't it? The multitude is more concerned about conformity rather than commitment. That's a word that we don't always like to hear, commitment. It's like sacrifice, isn't it? <laughs> but it is that. It's, it's commitment. 
It's not easy to be different and go after something better than the norm, but God is calling us to step out and leave the multitude mentality behind and follow Jesus. Amen? They got into the boat. A boat is a vessel that enables you to get to your destination. It enables you to get to your place where you can use the ability that God has given you. But the disciples had a physical boat here. But you and I, we have the local church. Amen. The local church helps us get to our destination, gives us the ability to get to the place where we need to be. That's why when you're going through hell, when you're going through stuff, when you're going through life, it's not a time to just forget coming to church. It's time to run to the house of God. Run to the house of God. You may not feel like it. You don't want people to talk to you, but that's when you just get on your face before God and say, this is where I need to be. The local church is a vessel God has constructed to help us reach our God-given destination. It is a vehicle that provides protection, direction, encouragement, and accountability. It is a place where people's gifts can be released to expand God's kingdom. Amen? A church is with Jesus right in the middle of it, where we, we worship Jesus, we preach about Jesus, we teach about Jesus, we follow Jesus, we do what Jesus has told us to do. And this is the church that you should be in because it's all about Jesus. Amen? It's time for you and I to get in the boat and stay in the boat. Teach, Carol. But in the will of God, with Jesus on the boat, a problem arises. The problem is described in verse 37. A great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. See, there was a tumultuous storm coming out of the Sea of Galilee. And here the disciples were in the middle of the storm with Jesus, doing what Jesus told them to do. But even in the will of God, doing what Jesus told them to do, and Jesus being in the boat with them, it still constrains rain. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. You can be right in the will of God and be in the middle of a great storm of your life, doing what God has called you to do, and in the boat, begins to sink. The boat of your security begins to sink. And what do you do when that happens? Well, first of all, we know we've got to follow Jesus. Secondly, we must make sure that we watch our confession. You know, that was a time for me where I had, when we were going through this, I had to watch my confession. There was a time when the doctors would tell us that you know, that this would happen and that would happen and that he would lose, Roman would lose his hearing. And, you know, I stayed many nights to just help my daughter in the hospital. And, you know, and we would hear, you know, alarms going off, code blue, that children had to be resuscitated. And, you know, we had to see, unfortunately, people alongside of us, young kids, you know, passing away. And I had to watch my confession. I had to watch what I was saying because I was given a promise by God that we were going to the other side. I wasn't going to allow the fear of my past that what happened to my son allow this to affect what I wanted for my grandson. You've got to watch your confession. Don't allow the experiences of your past to determine what's going to happen through this storm. Amen? If God gives you a promise, you've got to hold on to that promise. Disciples got in the middle of a fierce storm and began to declare that they were going to die. Yet Jesus said they were going to go over and not under. The disciples were actually contradicting what Jesus said 
himself. It's in these times we must be careful what we declare. We must be careful what comes out of our mouth. Remember to say what God says about a situation. Don't let the situations tell you what you have to believe. You've got to believe God's word over anything else. Amen. You've got to find a promise in the word of God and believe that it will be fulfilled. And what you are going through does not affect what you believe. Jesus said, why are you scared? See, this was a physical storm for for the disciples, but it was also an emotional storm for the disciples. We are the same. We can go through, our emotions can be unstable at this time. We sometimes get scared over the doctor's report. We're scared over the financial struggle. We're scared over our financial status. We're not married yet or we are married and we're not happy. we're We're scared over things that we have no control over. So it wasn't just a physical circumstance that the disciples were going through. It was an emotional storm that they were going through. And you know what? There was also a theological storm that the disciples were going through. The disciples were questioning Jesus as they woke him up saying, Do you not care? Do you not care? Where are you, God, when I need you? How can you be sleeping at a time like this when we need you the most? See, they forgot that Jesus was in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the storm, in the boat with them. See, when you're following Jesus, he's right there with you every step of the way. In other words, the disciples say, why are you sleeping at a time like this? Jesus was exhausted. It meant he'd been preaching all day. He was exhausted, but he was also sleeping on purpose. Disciple says, don't you care? We are going to die. Where are you right now? How can you be sleeping here? You see, when the squeeze is on, and it is, there is a squeeze on, what's in you will come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in you will come out. And if you don't have the word of God in you, if you don't have the promise that God has given you, a word that God's given you, there's going to be other things that are going to come out of your mouth. And you've got to have the promise to hold on to when the situation arises. See, your flesh wants to tell you to tell it like it is. I'm just going to tell it like it is. Your flesh wants to tell you that. But God wants you to tell, God wants you to tell it like it's written in the Word of God. It is written, Satan. It is written, Satan. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thirdly, The third point is we've got to follow Jesus, the first one. The second one, we've got to watch our confession. The third point is we've got to learn to handle the storms. Storms will come. Storms are not discriminative. Transitions happen in your life. They just happen. It's just life. Our life are lived on at levels and arrived at, at stages. Storms don't determine whether you're in or out of God's will. The boat was filling up and the storm was looking like it was going to all take them under. See, a storm is a trial, an unexpected circumstance that invades your life and situation that you have no control over it. Has anyone been in a situation where you feel like that you're going under? You feel like this thing has just overtaken you and you're going under. And here it was for them. The situation was looking like it was getting worse. Jesus was sleeping on the cushion. He was sleeping in the bottom of the stern on a leather strap. It wasn't that 
soft cushion, it was a leather strap. And as soon as the disciples woke up Jesus, he rebuked the wind and the waves and calmed the storm. See, a lot of times what we do is, instead of waking up Jesus, we wake up our friends, we wake up our husbands, we wake up our wives, we wake up our pastors, we wake up people in authority. Instead, we should be waking up our Saviour. Waking up Jesus, running to Jesus, calling on Jesus for help. Jesus said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He wasn't saying here, how is it that you have little faith? He said, how is it that you have no faith? I've been teaching about this. I've been preaching about it. I even tried to explain it all to you. And here you are, you have no faith. Disciples said, well, oh, well, probably because we're about to die. That's probably the reason why. Jesus said, didn't I say, let us go to the other side? Let us cross the other side. Not just me and the rest of you are going to Didn't I say, let us cross to the other side? He had already told them where they were going. God's already told you where you're going. He's already told you. He already told you where you're going to end up. But between here and there, there are circumstances that you must overcome. And often when the circumstances shows up, it overrides what Jesus has said to us. See, your problem ends up overriding his promise. Now you're living in the light of the problem instead of living in the light of his promise. Your problem ends up dominating you and erasing the promise that God has for you. But God doesn't leave us sinking in our circumstances. He never leaves us in that place if we will continue to follow him, if we will watch our confession, if we will learn to manage the storms. God never wants your circumstances to override his word or his presence because he's on the boat with you. Amen? So what do you do when the Savior is seemingly silent in the midst of your storm? Well, I've learned to remember the last thing that God has told me to hold on to it and hang on to it until he tells me something differently. That's what I've learned to do. That's what I've learned to do. You know, I remember many years ago, it was 19 years ago, someone said to me at the conference, you know, how can you just stand here and talk about your son, you know, and not a tear be shed. But you've got to understand that uh, there wasn't, for two years, the first year, there wasn't a day that I, that I wasn't laying prostrate before the Lord and saying, God, I can't do this day without you. I need you to heal my heart. You know, there wasn't a day that. And I remember a time when uh, we had to witness. See, we believe that God raises people from the dead. And so my husband, the man of God that he was, he went to the mortuary and he had only one thing on his mind, that he was going to raise his son up from the dead. But in my heart, God had already spoken to me. In my heart, God said, what if he doesn't want to come back? Because Christian had no regrets. He lived for God. He followed God. He lived for him. I don't know why things happen, but I know this, that he is with the Lord. And so for me, in my heart, I just, as for me, I, even though I knew that I was going to have to walk this journey of grief and loss, I just knew that God had spoken to me. See, when God speaks to you, there's no denying it. And so for me, that was it. And then my husband came out of the mortuary and 
he said to me this, he said, Carolyn, I believe God spoke to me and said that Christian doesn't want to come back. I said, well, that's what God told me too, you know. So you've got to hang on to the last word that God has said to you. And for this situation, for this circumstance, God told me that we were all going to the other side, amen, that Roman was going to come through this. Jesus spoke to me and he said to me, a storm will arise, Carolyn. This is before we even found out about Roman. And I'm going to be in the middle of the storm with you. I'm going to be the calm in the middle of the storm. And you will see a miracle in the process. And I didn't know what that was at the time, but I found out later. See, God is not shaken when your storm hits. Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and spoke to the sea. See, the wind represents the unseen forces. And the waves represent the seen forces. See, not everything is caused by the devil. However, there are times and situations where it does require spiritual warfare. And we are called to take authority over the forces of darkness that are at war against us. You have the authority and you have the power that's being given to you. All authority and power is being given to you. Amen? Because the enemy is under your feet. The blood of Jesus has paid the price in full for you. The blood of Jesus is there to protect you, empower you, and prosper you to do what God has called you to do. And live this life that he has empowered you to do. So we must learn to manage the storms. Don't let the storms manage you. Don't go under, go over. Amen? And lastly, allow your faith to grow. You haven't gone through what you've gone through just to, just to stay where you are. You've gone through what you've gone through because your faith is growing. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. But faith is a fact as well. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? See, don't let the storms of life steal your faith and prevent you from reaching your God-given destination. We've got to get to know Jesus during the quiet times of our life when there is this summer season of our life, through winter, summer, spring, autumn. We've got to know the Jesus that we love and serve, not just run to him when the storms of life come. Because when the storms of life, life, that, of life come, that's when you can trust him to bring you through. So it's in those quiet times of life that we need to know Jesus as well. So Jesus talks to his disciples on the way to the cross in John chapter 16, verse 31. And he says this, and I'm going to read it from the Passage Translation. It says, Now you finally believe in me, and the time has come when you will be scattered, and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous. You must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. That word, you must be courageous, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, it says, be strong and courageous, for I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be with you. That's a word for someone this morning. He's with you. 
He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. That was the word that was given to me. Prior to hearing the news about my son, God spoke to me out of Deuteronomy. He says, Carolyn, be strong, be courageous. I won't leave you and I won't forsake you. I have hung on to that word and I continue to hang on to that word. Jesus is saying there will be trouble and sometimes there will be trouble even in my will. And obviously, you can be out of the will and be in a storm as well. But it's better to be in the will of God because he'll bring you through. Amen? <laughs> Don't be out of the will of God. It doesn't end up good. <laughs> Jesus is saying, just do exactly what I tell you to do because of the next level of faith I'm taking you to. I will appear to be asleep, though. And you may not hear from heaven. Have you ever felt like that? When you've needed to hear God the most, you can't hear him at this time. See, you'll be like Job in chapter 23, where he says, I looked for God in the north and couldn't find him. I looked for God in the south and could not find him. The east and the west, he was unlocatable. I was searching for God. But when I come through this, I will be pure as gold. But when I come through this, I will be as pure as gold. Because storms are designed to deepen your faith and heighten your experience with him. See, when you've encountered him, there is no turning back. When you know his character and his will, when you know him, there is no going back. It's not pleasant when you're going through the storm, you, but you can't control them anymore. You can't control anything except about the fact of how you're going to come through this, how you're going to walk this through. The disciples' circumstances was determining their theology. And you really don't know you've got faith until you're in a really good fight. A faith that can't be tested is actually a faith that can't be trusted. There will be a test of your faith. God doesn't bring these troubles. Some things are either God sent or God used. But he can use it to strengthen our faith. Amen? Faith doesn't deny a problem's existence. It denies a problem the place of influence over our lives. See, when Jesus spoke to the circumstances, the circumstance changed. And often the issue is not in our circumstance. It's our communication with Jesus so he can actually speak to our circumstances. The problem with the disciples is when waking up Jesus, they woke him up with a faithless speaking. They weren't speaking in faith. They weren't waking up Jesus and saying, Jesus, you can do this. They were waking up Jesus and saying, wake up, Jesus. Can't you see what's happening to us? Jesus already had told them that we are all going to the other side. And as soon as Jesus woke up, he spoke to the problem and the problem began to change. See, Jesus is the calm in the midst of the storm. You be, can be going through a tumultuous storm, but with Jesus right in it, he becomes the calm in it. There's a peace that comes from knowing. There is a rest in faith, knowing if Jesus is in the middle of this with you, that he will bring you through this. He will steal the storm in your tumultuous life. And all the other little boats were saved from the storm as well. And that's why we know that all events are either God used or God sent. You know, people outside are watching how you go through the storm. 
whether you really believe this gospel that you, that you live for, whether you really believe that Jesus will bring you through. There's others watching you. There's other people looking at you and relying on you to bring them through from what they, they're, they're saying. If God can do it for them, he can do it for me. And that's the only reason why I share my story because if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Amen? See, when the disciples saw how Jesus calmed the storm, how even the wind and the waves obeyed him, they became very much afraid and they feared exceedingly. See, the disciples were afraid of the wrong thing. Don't let the wrong thing scare you. Jesus is saying, don't be living in fear of man or circumstances. Fear God. And what does that mean? That means not to fear him in the sense of running away from him, to take my word seriously. Take my word as the truth and live for me. Amen? Disciples said, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, they were on a journey of discovery. And too many of us don't know who Jesus really is. We got to know the God of the Word, not just the Word of God. Amen? And a lot of people that know the Word of God in their head, but they don't know the God of the Word. And you've got to know Him if you want to walk through this life victoriously. Jesus is two natures in one person, unmixed together. He was fully man, but He was fully God. He was fully divine, but he was fully human. So that means to me that he understands what we're going through. Amen? We have a compassionate, gracious, heavenly father, a king, a high priest who understands, and he can feel it. He feels what you feel, but he also can fix the problem because he is divine. Isn't that good news? Come on. Let's give him a shout of praise. Let's give him a clap offering. Hebrews 4, 14. Again, I'm going to read from the passage translation. It says, So then, so then, we must cling in faith to all we know to be true. For we have a magnificent King Priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity, for as a man, our magnificent King Priest was tempted in every way, just as we are, and conquered sin. So now we can freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. See, he's human. He feels what you feel, but he's also divine. When you're dealing with God, man, you're dealing with someone who can feel it and someone who can fix it. See, your salvation and your saviour was built with your struggle in mind. He can feel it, but he can also fix it. He's divine, but he's also human. He hasn't forgotten your pain. He hasn't forgotten your struggle. He hasn't forgotten your purpose. He's given you a promise from A to Z. He's told you where you're going to go to Z, but in the midst of it, sometimes you go back to C. Then you go to T, and then you go back to D, but you'll end up getting to Z, amen? Because he's built with you in mind. He came to earth for this very reason, so he can feel it 
and he can fix it. But he also is divine. He was sinless. See, the Father sees you through his Son, and we see the Father through Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.